0: I'm Farah D. of Farah D. Jeanette Hull Horsemanship in central Massachusetts, in the USA. And this is another episode of my podcast where I'll help you liberate your horsemanship. Howdy. What's up, peeps out there in horseland? Uh, it's a new installation of the Far Dijonet Whole Horsemanship Podcast. Okay, first of all, I'm going to vent about winter right now. Um, New England winter is, has me very grumpy right now. If you live in New England, you feel me. And uh, a couple of keywords, ice, ice, and more ice, and storms. Anyway, that's enough of that. I just had to vent. If you're here we all feel each other's pain. If you're in a warm area, I'm jealous. And, um, it's March, so we're in the backstretch, but never count out New England winter. You all know what I'm talking about, New Englanders. Uh, basically until June, I will assume that there can be a freak snowstorm that will dump feet of snow. So... I don't count out winter until we are really deep into spring. So, um, yes, we're in March, and yes, I can sense spring off in the distance. The horses are shedding. Uh, your horses are probably shedding. That's always a telltale sign, but that don't mean we aren't going to get one or two gnarly more storms. So, um Yeah. A couple things I wanted to cover in this podcast. Uh, I recently posted on Facebook, um, because it was Black History Month, a really little-known historical story about an amazing uh, man and his horse, uh, William Key, and his horse, beautiful Jim Key. Um, This is a book I have in my library, and... I would love to encourage everybody to read this book, maybe search some of the little miniature docs on YouTube, but um, this story speaks to everybody who is an equine empath, and I can't believe more people don't know about it, but um, I stumbled across the book years ago and had it in my library, and um, yeah, I've... You know, brought it up to people from time to time, but it's a true story, and it's about a um, ex-slave who becomes a doctor, a uh, veterinary medicine becomes uh, is is a known, you know, at that time horse whisperer has is known for having a gift with horses. Um, you know, he is uh, sought after for his skills. And um, he actually breeds this horse. This horse was uh, crossing. He was going to, uh, hoping to um, get a racehorse. Um, I believe a trotter, because he's called him Hamiltonian, which is a definitely harness racing. But um, was hoping to get a champion racehorse and instead got a very sickly foal that um, most people basically said, you know, probably should be put down at birth. But, um, what I'd like to do is just read a little excerpt from The Jacket because it'll give you a brief, um, a little bit of a overview of it. But, uh, it's written by a woman, hopefully I'm pronouncing her name right, uh, Mim, uh, Eichler Rivas and the book is called Beautiful Jim Key, The Lost History of a Horse and a Man Who Changed the World. People, this guy and this horse were responsible for increasing awareness and partnering up with the Humane Society to encourage humane treatment of animals that were basically machinery at that time. And uh, through his work and his exhibitions with his horse... He increased the awareness that his whole mantra was kindness and love and, and the relationship. Um, the reason I you know, so amazed that more people don't know about it is because, you know, it's all about the relationship with the horse and the human and how he raised, you know, this, this horse with love and kindness and the horse did amazing things. He's touted as the smartest horse ever, basically. And even people tried to debunk him. They had, uh, I guess, Harvard tried to debunk him. And they uh, came to the conclusion that he was uh, really smart from education. You know, that Dr. Key educated the horse. And the horse was capable of understanding a whole bunch of complex things. So it's a really interesting story. Um, I was... Really hoping it was... It's a total movie. I mean, it should be a movie. I mean, they made movies about Secretariat and Seabiscuit and Black Beauty and King of the Wind and Flicka. And I could go on and on about these... This horse is that caliber. This story is that caliber. This guy is that caliber. I don't understand. But I did hear that they did get uh, the script going and uh, rumor has it that Morgan Freeman was going to play... Uh, Dr. Key, and apparently funding stalled out, so I don't know, maybe we all got to get behind this uh, movie being made. But um, anyway, it's an amazing story. But I'm going to read a little bit because I can't give it as much justice, but just a little short excerpt from the jacket. For close to a century, a majestic chapter of American history has been buried in an obscure grave in Shelbyville, Tennessee. Beautiful Jim Key, the one time ugly duckling of a scrub colt that became one of the most heralded and beloved heroes of his day. He was famous for neither his beauty nor his speed, but instead for his exceptional intelligence. Said to have an IQ equivalent to that of a human sixth grader, probably more, that's me talking. Um, Jim exploded onto the national scene in 1897 by demonstrating inexplicable abilities to read, write, spell, do mathematics, tell time, sort mail, cite biblical passages, and debate politics. I don't know about this debating politics, why you would teach him that. But anyway, that's what they said. For the next nine years, Jim performed in nationwide expositions and world fairs to widely receptive crowds, smashing box office records, overcoming hurdles of prejudice and skepticism, all the while winning rapturous praise from the press and leaders such as President McKinley, Booker T. Washington, and Alice Roosevelt Longworth. In this breathtaking saga, Jim's astonishing journey is coupled with that of his trainer and best friend love how he says best friend— Dr. William Key, a self-taught veterinarian, former slave, Civil War veteran, prominent African-American entrepreneur, and one of the most renowned horse whisperers of his time. A man who shunned all force in the training of horses, instead relying on kindness and patience. Masterful storyteller and best-selling author, Mim eichler revis at long last gives two cultural icons their due. Not only unraveling the mystery of their disappearance, but examining how, thanks to the rare and intimate relationship between horse and man that was championed by promoter and humane activist Albert R. Rogers, a dramatic shift took place in the public mind that made kindness to animals a cornerstone of modern civilization and helped launch the animal rights movement unveiled against the backdrop of American history. Beautiful Jim Key is their incredible chale. If that doesn't suck you all in, I don't know what will. That is cool. So anyway, I'm just uh making you guys aware of this story. You know, if you want something to read, I don't know if it's available on Kindle. Uh actually I have the hardbound cover. But check it out. It's super uplifting, inspiring. It inspired me mostly because of the time that it happened, the era that it was in, and, um, yeah, it has all the things. It really does. So, um, you know, just a book suggestion for you uh, that really should speak to all of us about, you know, the triumph and triumphing over things, all kinds of things. Um, moving on to today's story subject is um, Liberty, not Liberty training, and not uh, about Liberty the actual act of doing work with a horse free. I have a pony in my possession, if you don't already know, whose name is Liberty. He is 10 and a half pounds of attitude on steroids. We all know ponies have attitude, and I have encountered many devil ponies. But um, our devil pony, my devil pony, uh, trumps all ponies. Um, He is the king of all devil ponies. His name is Devil Pony. We call him Liberty, aka Devil Pony, or DP for short. He is uh, a paint. And, uh, I have deemed that he is a Jack Russell trapped in a pony. For many reasons. Uh, he chases cats, dogs, chases anything. Um, he has been skunked several times because he chases the skunks in the paddocks and the foxes. Uh, he feels it's his duty to keep the, uh, animals out. And, um, he has... Uh, all the vices. I mean, all the vices. Uh, Rearing, bucking, biting, kicking, double-barrel kicking, food aggression. Uh, He came to me with those things. Um, The reason I, as I've said in my past few podcasts with highlighting stories of horses I've taken in, some of the rescues, uh, Liberty has things that people might want to learn a little bit about how I handled. Uh, I'm hoping by sharing these stories that you may find a nugget of information that may help you if you're encountering some of these things with uh, one of your partners, your four-legged partners. Um, Liberty was came to my attention, basically, um, my equine dentist at one point asked me many years ago if I was interested in a mini named Liberty that needed a home. And his name was Liberty already, so anyone who thinks that I named him Liberty because I'm a Liberty trainer, no, he came with that name. But because he had that name, I felt that it was like the universe's will for me to have him. He already was named Liberty now he was named Liberty by his previous owner because he was born around 4th of July and apparently you know how everyone names paint horses based on spots on their body well she thought that she saw the United States on his side Uh, a lot of paint horses are named for that stuff but anyway that's how he got the name Liberty not because of Liberty training so different meaning however of course in my world he's named Liberty because we do Liberty training here so uh, I changed that in my mind Um, I was looking for another uh, miniature at that time and uh, apparently he needed to be in a highly structured home for reasons we found out later But um, yeah, I took him and um, found out that he had all the vices. So he's adorable, as many ponies are, and he is, uh, you know, to be reckoned with. Uh, Cute is as cute does. Uh, Basically, the interesting thing about him is he's quite affectionate and he actually loves attention. And with structure, or as some people like to say in the horse world, when he has a job, <laughs> he is actually very engaged and it helps keep him out of trouble. But um, he was so small, uh, he needed to have someone small working with him. And it's interesting because he's a quite athletic little pony, contrary to many small ponies, you know, with short, choppy strides and, you know sometimes they just kind of you know they don't have uh, you know a lot of the abilities that the larger horses have this pony is quite talented I mean he can jump he um, I taught him in hand work uh, so kids could learn with him but uh, what was the difficult part was was that he had learned obviously that adults were strong enough to deal with a lot of his behavior, but that children were easily pushed around due to size. So I had to find someone who was uh, pretty brave and courageous and also a good match in terms of his energy, a very high energy pony but what i was looking for was the ability, the pony for my program which could do more advanced stuff in handwork you know uh, collection lateral work um multi multifaceted you know we've taught him to do all kinds of stuff venting, um dressage stuff uh, you know uh, all kinds of you know you know there's no limits to him he's very very talented very smart so um it was really about channeling his uh channeling his his little mind to uh, good and not evil. So we st- when we look at him we always say he has a little devil on one shoulder and an angel on the other. Cause he, when he's good, he's really good. And when he's bad, he is bad. So um yeah, uh you know, one of his biggest things is uh so how do we work with horses that have real food aggression, and what do I describe as food aggression? Not losing focus around food, not being, you know, mouthy and trying to get treats, that's that's just food, you know, food focusing, but uh, here we have a pony who literally, if you have food on your person or a bucket of food, like, you know, when we go out to feed the horses, will pin his ears flat back and charge at you with intent to do harm and at times will then wheel around and double barrel kick if he can't get you thank god he's little so um many times i did exercises focus around food obviously um you cannot enter my space if you have any intention like that Uh, regardless whether I carry food or not Um, so we do exercises around uh, grass was a big thing Um, when is it okay to eat and when is it not okay to eat he's actually posted on my Facebook group I did post a clip of us working with him on that particular exercise at liberty liberty with liberty liberty with liberty anyone know that jingle (laughs) Uh, we say that here, but um, yes, at Liberty, working with him, um, focusing around food, and I did it myself, and then uh, I had,
1: uh, along came
0: a little girl who had all the qualities that I needed to be a good partner with Liberty, so uh, I spent the last few years uh, furnishing her with the tools. work with him because I knew that he wouldn't be fully rehabilitated unless a child could do it with me because he was clearly smart enough to know that children were not as strong. So it had to be someone who was brave enough to stand up to his numerous attempts to push uh, children around and also pull them around, (laughs) as it were. So um, bolting for grass, all of these things. So, yes, I found a a girl that uh, when she first started working with him was, uh, I believe, six, possibly seven. And um, she grew with him, and uh, I gave her all the tools to work with him, and uh, now she's quite good with him. And uh, even though um, I always say he will never stop testing, you know, here's the sign uh, when we talk about respect, and I would say respect is a two-way street. And, uh, you know, when, when is a horse's behavior disrespectful? And I'll tell you what my criteria is, because I think this is a very, uh, very debatable topic in the horsemanship. Uh, often I hear people say, uh, you know, horses have to be respectful. But yet we disrespect horses all day long, all day, every day. So we are more disrespectful to most horses than horses are to us, in my opinion. Now, what do I deem disrespectful behavior? Because there is. Uh, so, if I ask a horse, you know, if a horse does something unsafe, number one, uh, or does a behavior that's just maybe undesirable in my book, it might not be unsafe, but it's just not not a good behavior or not a good habit something that i want to set a boundary on and i ask them not to do it and this also bodes uh, bodes into what is the horse's character versus the horse's uh so it's you know nature so some horses that behavior is in their nature um and some Part of their character, and then in some cases it's an imbalance, you know, that it's a communication or expression of frustration or, you know, imbalance, whatever that may be, uh, trauma, you know, figure out the reasons the behavior is there. So if it's from trauma, you know, you have to work through why the behavior is triggering. If it's from, you know, a, uh, you, if you, pushed the horse, cornered the horse to the point where they feel they have to retaliate. You have to think about that, retaliatory behavior. And then there's the horse's nature. Now, I happen to know that Liberty came from a nice home. He was born at the home he was, and the woman just happened to want to rehome him because um, you know, she didn't, she had other horses and she thought that, uh, rightfully so, that he would do better in an environment where he had more stimulation because it was her backyard, you know, barn. And uh, and he was a handful. And so she thought he would do better, you know, with, with a lot of activity and, and, and structure, not surprising. But um, going back to what is respectful versus disrespectful behavior in horses. So... Um, if a horse is doing something and he doesn't know that it's a behavior that, you know, you don't really care for, and, you know, that could be anything, um, then if I set a boundary and I say, mm, I don't really care for that, you know, or it's making me feel unsafe, uh, if I do it once and they keep doing it and I say, hey, I'm not really into that behavior, you know maybe we could set a boundary on that and they keep doing it, <laughs> then I feel that it's it's one, part of the character of the horse, and two, it's um, disrespectful. Because that's like someone comes into your house and they put their feet up on your table, on your coffee table, and you say, hey, would you mind not putting your feet up on my coffee table? And then... They take her down, and then they put him back up on the coffee table after you told them. And you're like, uh, I just told you not to do that. And they go, oh, well, okay. And then they put him back up there. That would feel disrespectful. So that's how I deem um, disrespectful behavior in horses. That's the only time I feel it's disrespectful. Now, are there certain element types that you get your cheeky monkeys and liberty A.K.A. Double Point definitely falls into cheeky monkey category, and I have several around here. Shocking. Um, sometimes like that challenge of, oh, you don't want me to do that. Um, your fire horses can be mischievous that way. Um, certain the certain um, element types that cross into you know a bit fresh, you know fresh personalities are going to test you, and they like the game of testing you. Does that make it disrespectful? Um, if it's kind of their character and it's more of a playful thing, I, yeah, it's more of a character thing that needs shaping. Uh, in the case of the, of Liberty the Pony, um, he was doing unsafe things and he would do them repeatedly, even after having strong, firm boundaries being sent strongly away, even using flags with him, um... You know, he would, he would, he was not daunted by that. So, um, I've kept him here at the farm and, um, I feel that he can never leave here because I think it would not go well for him out in the world there, but he does very well in my program and I actually quite adore him. He is adorable and he's extremely friendly and he is, to know him is to love him, but also to keep one eye on him at all times. So, um, there's nothing wrong, you know. He's, you know, he's not a bad pony. Um, and yes, does he have some behaviors that I would deem dangerous? Absolutely. However, handled properly, in the right hands, he is flourishing, and he has learned a lot of things and put in the right program. So what I feel is a horse, whether he was a horse or a pony, in the right program, he is flourishing. And, you know, everybody around Ohana knows about him and knows how to navigate him. And so he's getting consistent boundaries set by everyone who has to encounter him. And, um, you know, what's happening is, is, you know, he's settled in and he's kind of found his way. He's also out with a lot of big horses, who, um, despite his best efforts of trying to, um, you know, take them all down a peg, he cannot obviously, you know, move up in the herd (laughs) over the big horses, but he, he tries every day. And that brings me to an important point, is that when I watch horses in the herd, are they the same with the horses in the herd as they are with us? And that also is a way of deducing whether a behavior is... The horse's character or it's with humans only. And what I know about him is he's like that with other horses. He's like that with us, you know, so it's his character, you know, he's got a little dog complex. He is a Jack Russell. So, um, he, his behavior is, you're not going to change his intrinsic character, but you have, you can shape the character of that horse and say, you know, this is um not appropriate you know we this is not safe whatever it whatever it is so a lot of what we did is um work with the idea that um you know we could channel his his energy into things and he has quite a huge and um <laughs> quite ridiculous behavior of wanting to smash his head onto everything and headbutt everything. You know, he uses his head as a battery ramp basically, with the horses and, and tries to use it with people too, if you'll let him. And um the girl who uh leases him, who is very creative and very smart, and, you know, basically, you know, has a similar energy to him, um, she Came up with you know if you've seen us play uh, soccer and w- work with the balls mounted soccer we play we have some team a team here and it's uh, great fun but um, one of Liberty's favorite things is to walk up to stuff and just smash it down like literally jumps anything he'll walk up with his head and just smash it with his head <laughs> I'm not sure why he likes to do that but it's just one of his favorite things he likes to headbutt people but we gave him a ball and he thought that was the greatest thing. And uh, the girl that leases him came up with that one day. She's like, "Uh, here, here's this ball you can smash. And turns out that he loves that. And it's a positive use of his behavior that some people would see as negative. So one of the things we try to do here is if a horse has a propensity for something, you know, um, then try to find a positive outlet for it so he is a killer soccer player he's the ringer on the team he's little and fast and when we play mounted soccer I mean he just never gets tired of smashing the ball around with his head and it doesn't hurt him because it's a softball but it's a it was a great way to outlet for him because instead of saying don't knock this down don't knock that down all of this is like yeah go push that so giving your horse an outlet especially if they have a high play drive and one of his other things um that she's been working with is you know he likes to rear a lot and he can stand up like a circus pony and so she's just been teaching him to stand longer and longer and longer and um you know more make it a trick instead and it actually it's interesting because in some schools of thought people say well why would you teach him to do that you know rearing's bad but it's taking his something he's offering and he it's actually diffuses it what I observe is it diffuses it because now if it becomes your idea and you're asking him to do it then before it was you know a behavior and now it's it's oh go ahead do that and so it becomes positive and then we can shape when he does it you know do it now not now so it's just ways of channeling behaviors and turning them into fun things games you know tricks whatever you want to do you know a lot of his behaviors we've turned into productive things so you know, um, other than the biting things which you know and biting and kicking are a spatial thing uh how we dealt with that is you know absolutely don't come into my space, be sent out of the space, also, there will be no food until you have a soft expression, you know when we're feeding um you know you no food will be given out until there is um safe halt you know back standing you know and all of these things when you have a very food motivated horse it's actually quite easy to teach them um, manners around food if you put you literally set a boundary like there will be no food handed out until you behave and act safe and if your horse is very food motivated you can switch that around to your to your advantage pretty quickly actually you know um yeah i will not be uh and standing uh, giving any food out until you are are gentle and safe uh one of the things i have done in camp with him purposely because i have uh, with kids is at liberty i will have a bucket of food and we'll have several kids and all the kids will tell him to stay back uh you know and he's getting the message from several kids and if he takes one step he does not get fed and then i'm there to uh, back them up if he you know tries to challenge them in any way and so he's getting that message over and over from all the different children and there's a bucket of food on the ground in front of him which he wants to get in in the worst way and the only way he can receive the treats is if he stands politely and quietly back and listens to the children and listen to me and so it's been a very good exercise to do with him and focus around food and same thing with the grass um, you can eat when we say you you can eat and uh, you lift your head when we ask and we did it at liberty in the grass area uh, as I said you can see that video but these are the ways uh, basically I handled these behaviors and was uh, able to find a good match for him which was great and uh you know working with um you know a kid that was really high energy and a good match for him and creative in her own right and also um you know in my horsemanship program I really try with the kids to encourage creativity and you know give the kids freedom you know as long as I feel like they're safe give them tips give them freedom but I really enjoy watching the kids explore their own ideas because that's what you know you know being a good trainer is about it's like you know looking experimenting you know figuring stuff out also you know it's kind of like uh you know when you have a a kid who is smaller stature you know they have to figure out their own ways to you know work with stuff it can't be always you know it's like it's like with the big horses and stuff too you know um, and you have to be smarter you can't work be use brawn you have to be smart about how you do things how you problem solve you know i've had to do that a lot because i work by myself a lot with horses and sometimes big giant draft horses and stuff and there's you have to be smart and figure out ways to get cooperation that are intellectually based, not brawn based, because you are never going to overpower any horse, you know. So you have to use your head, and kids are great. If you give kids the, the ability to problem solve and think on their own, it's, I, I love watching them do that stuff. And kids are very highly capable uh give them a few tools and a little support, and they're very good at figuring out, you know, how to work with animals. And, um, you know, I've been astounded by the, by the you know, great ideas that kids come up with when I give them the freedom to do it and I don't just, you know, feed them information constantly because that's, that's kind of my style is to just kind of allow an experimentation area People and you know, I, I add my two cents here and there, and you know, obviously keep try to keep everyone safe. Um, so, Liberty is now our mascot. He's uh, he's our our favorite. Well, he's not our favorite point because we have a mini here too, Oliver. lest we forget Oliver, but um, yes, Liberty is is larger than life you know, huge in it, legend in his own mind, huge in his own mind. But um a really good example of taking you know, I mean if he was a sixteen hand horse who would be scaring everybody and, you know, turning him around. You know, I always joke about how he's like the uh, gang member that we turned around and and uh made a productive citizen. So um you know, it's a good story obviously many of us have stories about ponies like that but honestly i feel like he is next level pony <laughs> but to uh, to know him is to love him we do love him and, and like i said he loves kid. he actually loves kids he loves attention you know uh really his main thing is about food uh when food comes out his little little fangs and horns come out but you know we've learned how to work with that you know and and make him make him safe safer so uh, yeah but like I was saying that you know when you get into the character of the animal he'll never not be this pony you know we always handle him carefully you know and keep an eye on him you know he's he's a tester he's never going to be one day he's never going to be like oh I just don't do those things anymore you know he's always studying to see if he can get away with stuff so I always tell people that you know, with everyone, including me still to this day, even though I've had him for years. So it's his character and I accept that as his character and I accept him for who he is. And so he will stay here because some people wouldn't accept that. So uh yeah. It's uh you know, a valued member of our faculty. He's in our teaching herd and he will stay there. So hopefully uh that gave you some some thoughts and ideas and uh, our star soccer player uh, at, in, on our Ohana soccer team mounted soccer, that's becoming a big thing around here, I don't know if you guys have tried it but it's so fun by the way I just found out had a big dumb moment but maestro my Lusitano, if you don't know cult that I've raised uh he is turning out to be an amazing soccer player, a mounted soccer horse. So I'm very excited because Mercury loves to play ball, but goes crazy. He's like a Labrador Retriever or something when he sees the ball. And riding him while we're playing soccer, he gets he gets nutty. <laughs> it's Maestro with his Lusitano bullfighting. Personality and breeding genetics turns out is like born for this. He's like get the ball, but he's not crazy. He's like got like the herding instinct to move around, so he's gonna be really fun. Watch out, people! You're gonna see some videos of that coming up next camp. That's what we usually play. My um, holistic tip for this episode, if you don't already know. Um, about uh, things that I use in my practices Um, I have uh, you know the uh, homeopathy that I do and I have um, you know uh, bulk herbs you know we we offer herbs here we do uh, flower essences all those things Um, but um, I don't know how many people You are aware of some of these things, so I'm hoping to give you a tip uh, each podcast now on a certain thing. And um, I think a lot of you are privy to raspberry leaf as an herb, but um, I don't know how many uses you knew it was. Uh, Obviously, it's very good for um, women, actually, women, but it's also good for uh, males. Give it to um, men, to uh, geldings, stallions. Uh, it's just a generally good tonic. It has um, a lot of good nutrients in it, uh, it has uh, hormone balancers. Uh, a lot of horses readily eat it. Um, it is uh, high in a lot of minerals. You know, it's definitely a go-to around here that we use for a lot of different things. Um, It can help with, uh, you know, um, skin things. Uh, It's, you know, rich, like I said, in a lot of nutrients. But it's definitely uh, one to have around. And I feel like uh, it's... We've got people at the farm who use it on on geldings. I know it's widely associated with... um, you know mares and using it with um, you know mares that have hormonal imbalances but uh, I feel that it's definitely useful for many many different you know applications and uh, it's very easy to grow and uh, if you want to have it in your yard if you don't already have it just raspberry leaf but um, you know we have it growing around wildly in most areas you can see, but, um, also not that expensive, you know, to get, um, most of the mare herbs that you find, mare magic and all these things are basically just pure raspberry leaf. So you can just buy a bulk raspberry leaf and, um, it's not, not very expensive, uh, definitely. But, um, you know, when you're looking for simple and natural sort of balancers this is definitely one of the ones one of the go-tos along with Chaseberry uh or vitex if you've heard of that one uh i'm not going to go into that one so much today but maybe in another episode but um you know it's definitely uh good good one to have uh, for also um, detoxifying and um, you know just a good tonic so uh, I think we'll end the episode with that one tonight Uh, and I will be uh, setting up my calendar keep an eye out for this the uh, annual calendar on my website for the events that are coming up the next um, most uh, quickly coming event will be uh, probably Spring Break Camp. That's an in-person thing. Youth youth horsemanship camp it should be fun. Like I said, mounted soccer, that's our thing. But yeah, we have a lot of fun. We do all kinds of stuff. Um, you know, we always kind of come up with themes, see what the weather is, see what's happening. But um, yeah, uh, I will be filling out the online and in-person events very shortly. So you'll be able to see what's coming up. And until then, uh, thanks spring people. And, um, hopefully you got some good, good tips from tonight's uh, show and some of the last ones. I'm hearing good feedback from you guys. Please, uh, like the podcast, share the podcasts. Um, Write a review about it I know um, if you can write it on iTunes Or Spotify or wherever you're listening I am getting great Feedback from you guys Messages and comments and stuff It's so awesome if you would leave it On the actual platform that you're listening on If it's on Anchor Or or iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify um, Whatever one Wherever you're listening But um, yeah Appreciate the feedback I'm really hearing good like, everybody's enjoying stuff, um, I love to hear that kids are listening now, uh, it's cool, I hope you enjoy some of the little added things I've been doing lately, you know, the tips and maybe book suggestions and, uh, you know, stuff about the Mustangs, so, uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. Find out more about Faradijanet Whole Horsemanship at FDHorsemanship.com YouTube Faradijanet Horsemanship on Facebook at FDHorsemanship on Instagram at FDHorsemanship on Twitter and also you can join my membership site at FDHorsemanship.com where you can have access to virtual coaching my online mentor program and also many many videos plus videos for sale on cold starting and many exercises that I teach.